G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Such has been the upheaval of the past two years. The intensity of persecution of the Christian church around the world has hit new heights. And for the first time in 20 years, the nation at the top of the Open Doors World Watch list has changed. The World Watch list is released at the beginning of each year, ranking nations according to their persecution of Christian believers. And for the past 20 years, the consistent number one persecutor has been North Korea. But that has now changed. The new number one persecutor of Christians in 2022 is Afghanistan, where right now Christians in Afghanistan are being hunted down. Mike Gore is the CEO of Open Doors. Mike Gore, a special welcome back to 2020. Neil, it's always great to be with you. Thanks so much for making the time to speak about such an important issue. Hey, Mike, first time in 20 years, Afghanistan now, the number one most dangerous place in the world to be a Christian. It takes a lot to overtake North Korea. What's your impression here? Look, look, that is that's such a true statement. It takes a lot to overtake North Korea. Now, for all the listeners, as you said in the intro, 20 years, Neil, 20 years North Korea has been at the top of the world watch list. Now, Open Doors has only been reporting for 30 years. And so for this to be 20 years at the top, I mean, this is such a hugely significant change. But one of the, one of the parts that we need to emphasize is that, um, as you mentioned, there's an indexed ranking. So a score out of 100 ultimately determines a country's position on the world watch list. Now, North Korea's score increased on last year. Okay, so what that means is that the situation for Christians in North Korea didn't get better. It hasn't sort of gone down the list. It's got worse for Christians. However, Afghanistan has surpassed even North Korea's increase. And so, as you said at the top, you know, what we're seeing is an increase in the cost of faith for Christians globally. And so Afghanistan has overtaken North Korea. That is a hugely um, noteworthy mention. But at the same time, North Korea has also got more difficult for Christians. We'll come back to Afghanistan in just a moment. But just to give context here, on the World Watch List gets released this time each year. Uh, There's not just one or two that we're talking about in this particular uh, conversation today. But there's 50 nations on that world watch list. And over this past couple of years, things have been exacerbated, whether it's been uh, Taliban takeovers or COVID. It's not helped anywhere, has it? No, that's right. I mean, some of the other notes worthy kind of mentions would be Qatar has risen on the list from, um, uh, rises to 18, I guess, from number 29. So really quite a significant increase. I've seen Myanmar uh, move from the number 18 last year to number 12 this year. Indonesia. And many of the listeners will remember so many of the attacks and bombings we've seen on the news, particularly around Easter time. 
um, but also in Sulawesi in May last year, there were Christians killed by Islamic extremists. And so it's risen. Cuba, it's first time on the list since 2012. And so there is a real, um, a real increase in the overall cost of faith for Christians the world over, Neil. How do you categorise just how bad a nation is, Mike? Is there a particular criteria that you use? Is there an easy way to say that these are nations that are bad and these ones are the worst? How do you categorise those? Yeah, that's a great question. Look, I wouldn't say necessarily there's an easy way, but the way we categorise it would be through a combination of on-the-ground interviews and, and data collection. I mean, at Open Doors globally, we have a whole department called the World Watch Unit. Now, they spend a year um, interviewing, um, data collecting, and, and mining this information. Each country would receive a score. It's based on a report of um, what we would call persecution engines, engines things that drive persecution. So um, violent, violent incidents, um, pressure experienced in the general sort of Christian life, whether it be pressures from family to deny their faith, pressures from local community or government to renounce Jesus. And so each country is measured on these um, unique engines of persecution. And then an index ranking and score is given, um, the results are audited, and then they're kind of output um, using that methodology and the list is created. Mike, let's come back to Afghanistan. They've displaced North Korea at the top of the World Watch list. I mentioned in the introduction that Christians in Afghanistan are being hunted down. Is that a, an exaggeration? How do we feel about the idea that Christian believers may be hunted by Taliban soldiers? I'm actually glad you raised that. When, when, I, first, when I first got the information about the, um, the World Watch list this year, in fact, I went back to our team and I said, look, are you sure hunted down is correct? I mean, I, don't, I don't really don't want to speak on radio or media you know, I mean, that sounds like an incredibly kind of, you know, provocative way of um, articulating it. Can, can you just go back to the World Watch Unit and really make sure what we're saying is, you know, in English, I guess, correct? And so our team went back and they wrestled it out. And the reality is, Neil, and for our listeners, after the Taliban's takeover of Afghanistan in August 2021, a list was circulated of, of Christian and known Christian names. Now, the people on this list have been systematically worked through um, by the Taliban and in many ways they are being hunted down and killed, which is why we're seeing an incredible um, influx of refugees into neighbouring nations, which, mind you, for the most part, are also hostile towards Christians. So right now, Christians in Afghanistan, it is true, they're being hunted down in many ways. Their names are on lists um, that are known to by the Taliban. Uh, and they're living under really deplorable conditions, forced to stay in hiding, and in most cases, almost all, operating completely, or operating their faith completely underground, out of public sight. Under the regime before the Taliban takeover, there was, even then, difficulty for Christian believers because it was still an Islamic society. But, as you say, the names were recorded. The regime knew who the Christian believers were and so when the Taliban came in they've got access easy access to who's who there's no such thing as like secret believers in Afghanistan well no that's, that's one of the one of the really interesting things I mean Afghanistan's had a really really interesting journey in fact you know if you look at the role of women aside from Christians for a moment 
Um, over the last several years, Afghanistan have been taking some leaps and bounds forward in almost like a, a cosmopolitan sense of the role that women had, whether it be access to education and schools and so forth. And now, post the Taliban takeover, is it really being restored to that, um, you know, and, and a style of Islam that really doesn't um, bode well for women nor Christians? And so, you're right, up until August last year, there was all these leaps and bounds forward culturally. Again, it doesn't mean it was easy or pleasant or nice, but it really was seen as, I guess, a progressive um, nation in that regard. And now post-August, what we've seen almost like um, it's receding and it's getting back to a very um, structured form of Islam. And that has a really difficult outworking on Christians and women as well. Mike, when you are a Christian in a nation like Afghanistan, there are many others that are similar like this, but for those particularly who have converted from Islam to Christianity, they're the ones who face the biggest backlash because sometimes that means certain death. Are you able to reflect on just what happens when we talk about being hunted down? We are really talking about people dying. Yeah, sadly we are. I mean, it's... It is an incredibly insulting thing for um, a, a person to convert from Islam to Christianity. Now, now within family, that comes with you know public shame, and so the cost of faith in these nations, the cost of the faith choice to, to convert from the majority religion. Now, it's not just an Islamic thing. You know, we, we find this in um, essentially Hindu nations, Buddhist nations, right? The increase in the velocity of radicalizations um, in those kind of religions is not dissimilar to Islam. And so the conversion away from the majority faith to, to Christianity is an incredibly insulting thing culturally and to the family. And sadly, Neil, more often than not, that results in a, in a violent response. Um, it can be social ostracization and exclusion. It can be abuse. And, and in the worst of those instances, it sadly often results in death. Mike, for those who had to flee because they knew their names were on a list, there were Taliban soldiers going door to door. And as we're saying, hunted down, they have had to flee either to rural regions or across borders into refugee camps. Uh, any uh, any insight, any intelligence of, of how Christians have been able to find some level of refuge? There is, but none that I can share publicly. So we uh, we do have stories of um, of of how people are getting to neighbouring countries, and what I can share with you is they are in many ways getting to neighbouring countries. However, the processes by which they are getting access into those countries or being received um, is something that I probably wouldn't be too comfortable talking about publicly. For those who are listening in and never really realised just how serious it is that Christians are persecuted around the world and there's 50 nations on that world watch list, uh, for those who are saying, well, this is something I need to turn over a new leaf and begin to support, how can Christians be a support uh, to persecuted believers in other nations? Uh, what role would Open Doors play there and how can people connect? I think the first way is through perennial. I think often, you know, what I love about Open Doors is that it really drives home the idea that there is one body of Christ around the world. Now, there's, you know, it's made up of multiple countries and multiple parts, but I know for me personally, in my first part of the journey with Open Doors, I'd kind of, I don't know, grown up with this Christianity that, 
that, that had me focus on Australia, but really the rest of the world, Open Doors forces us to see that there's people out there who worship and follow the same God. They take and want to go to church and Sunday school, yet they don't have the freedoms to. And so first and foremost is, is that understanding in a prayer-based sense to pray for persecuted believers. And then secondly, it's financially to give to organizations like Open Doors and others. But for us, the one that I, I know is reputable and trustworthy, we are on the ground in so many of these nations working through partners um, to, to help strengthen the church. You know, we would say that the church is the indisputable heavyweight of the world when it comes to hope, aid, justice, safety, relief. I mean, Christian and world history will tell you that. Uh, the net influence of a church in any community has been at large um, and overwhelmingly positive, not without controversy, but positive. And so Open Doors really tries to help keep people in country, not get them out. In many ways, the kind of um, the juxtaposition of this list is that, yes, it's the 50 most difficult countries to follow Jesus, Neil, but the reality is that wherever the gospel is being shared, persecution will exist. So whilst it may be the 50 most difficult countries, it's also a way to pray for and financially support some of the 50 of the most effective countries when it comes to outworking the Great Commission, because there are people there who are boldly and passionately sharing the gospel, growing the church, serving community, and in the process, um, experiencing persecution. Well, Mike, you and the team at Open Doors, special honour to you because you're working to steady and strengthen the Christian church within those nations where there is intense persecution of Christian believers. And let me give the website for listeners to connect, not only to perhaps connect by way of prayer, as Mike says, but you might want to make some level of deeper connection and perhaps with a financial support. Let me give the website at opendoors.org.au. That's opendoors.org.au. There's a number of campaigns, no doubt, that'll be running through the year as things continue to heat up. Mike Gore, thanks so much for a, a little bit of an update on what's happening with the World Watch List. We'll, we'll catch up again soon and go a little deeper. Thanks for being with us on 2020. As always, thanks so much for having me. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.